1: Ecclesiastes 8.8 says, there's no man that hath power over the spirit to retain the spirit, neither hath he had power in the day of death, and there's no discharge in that war. There's no discharge in that war. Neither shall wickedness deliver those that are given to it. There's no discharge in that war. There's no honorable or dishonorable discharge in that war. We can't opt out of that war with the devil. Like it or not, The devil is waging a war against all men and it means that like it or not, we're in a holy war. We are in a holy war with the devil and the Bible does not say some of you may wrestle with with, with powers that are not flesh and blood. It doesn't say that. It says in Ephesians 6.12, Ephesians 6.12, we, all of us, we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against what we can't see. There are principalities, there are powers there are what are called the rulers of the darkness of this world. There are spiritual wickednesses in high places, and we wrestle with them. We wrestle with them. Now we all have to wrestle, but we all don't overcome. We all don't overcome. Overcome, sadly, we're all soldiers. We follow our captain. The Lord is our captain. It says in in Exodus fifteen three. Exodus fifteen three. God steps up and says, "I'm into it. I'm up for the fight. I'm up for the war." In Exodus 15.3, God says, the Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. We are all soldiers in that war, just like the child song that goes. It says, you know, I may never march in the infantry, ride in the cavalry, shoot in the artillery. I may never fly over the enemy, but I'm in the Lord's army. I'm in the Lord's army. We all have to fight. And, 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 and to retreat from that war is to be overcome to be overcome, you know, during, that was interesting, during the one of the wars between the British and the French, the British and the French were always fighting wars. It's amazing they're not fighting wars now, but they have a long history. Anyway, and, and during one of their wars, the French had captured a young British drummer boy, and, 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 they, and the French then commanded the drummer boy, okay, use your drums now to sound the retreat so the British would retreat, and the little drummer boy told the French, I don't know. I don't know how to sound a retreat. The British don't retreat. And there's no retreat for us either in the war because from all the strategies and all the methods that the devil has, and he has them, and we've been seeing some of them, it sounds very discouraging. It sounds very discouraging. And the great question is, how in the world are we gonna overcome Satan who's constantly accusing us? And that all important question is is answered in our verse here. We are going to overcome him by the blood of the Lamb. By the blood of the Lamb. They overcame in verse 12. They overcame. This is the title that is so often given to Satan's. And it's a wonderful title. Overcomers in 1 John 5, 4. 1 John 5, 4. Whatsoever were born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Even our faith. Like the great hymn says, faith is the victory. And the refrain goes on, faith is a victory, faith is a victory, oh, glorious victory that overcomes the world. Who is he that overcometh the world? 1 John 5, 1 John 5, 5, 1 John 5, 5. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. That is, that, that is the searching question. Who is he that overcomes? Who is he that overcomes The one who believes that Jesus is, whenever it says the Son of God, just reverse the words, that believes that he is God the Son, that he is God the Son. Who is the person who has built his life on the divinity of the Lord Jesus? He's the overcomer. He's the overcomer. That's why God said in Revelation 2.7, Revelation 2.7, he that hath in here, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches, to him that overcometh will I grant to eat of the tree of life which is in the midst of the paradise of God. That's a message for all the churches that the Lord Jesus gave in the book of Revelation, and it was he that overcometh, he that overcometh, not that is overcome, but he that overcometh, the one who, who rises up over, uh, a friend who, who um, was on drugs and all of a sudden showed up on a motorcycle and reunited with a, a friend of mine who was, who was his old drug buddy and is now saved and and uh, this fellow ended up down at the Mission Valley Community Chapel. He prayed the sinner's prayer, and then he disappeared. He disappeared. Well, about three days ago, he was found, and he looked terrible. He wouldn't even come over, back on drugs again. Who gets to eat of the tree of life? It's the person who, who overcomes, who overcomes. As it says in Revelation 2.11, Revelation 2.11, He that hath the hear in ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. He that overcometh shall not be heard of the second death shall not be heard of the second death. It's all about overcoming, overcoming. As it says in Revelation 2.17, Revelation 2.17, he that hath an ear, let him hear it. The Spirit saith unto churches, to him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna, of the hidden manna, and will give him a white stone, and the stone a new name written, which no man knoweth, saying he that receives it. To overcome it is to receive the secret food, the secret food. What's the secret food? It says in Psalm 81.16, Psalm 81.16, He should fed them also with the finest of wheat and with honey out of the rock, should I satisfy thee. Who's ever seen that before? Who's ever seen, okay, water out of the rock, yes, no one's ever seen that either, but that's what happened in the wilderness. But honey out of the rock, sounds nice. What's the probability of finding honey in a rock? What's the probability of finding food for the soul in this book, in this book? But that's like honey out of the rock. That's why this song is so great. Oh, my brother, do you know the Savior who is wondrous, kind, and true? He's the rock of your salvation. There's honey in the rock for you. Oh, there's honey in the rock for you. There's honey in the rock for you. Leave your sins for the blood to cover. There's honey in the rock for you. If you know the Savior, if you know the Savior. And so the Lord is always speaking about this, overcoming over and over and over again. And what it boils down to is that the Lord is saying, if you overcome, if you overcome, if you overcome Satan, great things open up. You'll be a pillar in the house of God. And then he has another great promise in Revelation 3, 5, Revelation 3, 5, when he says, uh, he says, he that overcometh the same shall be clothed in white raiment. I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before the father and before the angels. Wow. To not be cut off. But then to have the Savior say, Can you imagine having the Savior say, Father, I'd like to introduce you to Sam. Sam here stood up in his high school classroom and he confessed that I was God. Father, I'd like to introduce you to Natasha. Natasha, I just made up her name. But Natasha, a 12 year old in Russia. You know what happened with this 12 year old in Russia? I don't know if her name was Natasha, but anyway, Russian Canada. She was in this class during the communist time, still the communist time, but anyway, during this time, the professor was standing up there and he had a Bible in his hand and he was saying, now, I want everybody to know that I have read this book and it is a book of fairy tales and myths. There's no truth in this book. And he was going on and on attacking the Bible like that. And then he said to the class, he said, is there anybody in this class that still believes that this book is true? And this little 12-year-old girl raises her hand. And he says, okay, I'm gonna make an example of her. He says, come up here. He says, and, and so the little 12-year-old girl comes up there and he starts berating. He says, now, look, I'm the professor. and I'm telling you, I've read this book and there's myths in it and it's not true and it's fairy tales and anybody who believes it is a fool because there's nothing true in this Bible. Now, what do you gotta say about that? And the little girl said, well, that's what you get for reading someone else's mail, father- I would like to introduce you to Natasha. She stood up in the class and told the professor that the Bible was true and that he, because he didn't believe it was true, he was reading someone else's mail. What a wonderful thing to have that kind of a, of a confession before the Lord. Father, let me introduce you to Caitlin. She is a student who went out on Israel Restoration Summer Blitz to reach the Jewish people and she was mistreated and she was glared at and she was told to leave and she just smiled and told the Jewish people that I love them that's going to be wonderful. That's wonderful. I mean, to to have that. Now, and so the question is, who will the Lord brag about? The overcomer. He's going to brag about the overcomer. Him that overcometh. Him that overcometh, I'll make a pillar in the temple of my God, he said in Revelation 3.12. Revelation 3.12. That's a wonderful promise, wonderful promise. So all this is great. And and we look at all this and we say, well, I want to do that. I want to be an overcomer. I want to be an overcomer. How do I become an overcomer? Well, glad you asked the question. Because the devil has strategies, as we've seen. His strategy is to slander God to men, his strategy is to slander men to God. And we're told to be aware of his strategies, to don't just uh, what the King James calls devices. In 2 Corinthians 2.11, 2 Corinthians 2.11, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices, of his devices. Another place where it talks about putting on the whole armor of God in Revelation, in Ephesians 6.11, Ephesians 6.11, put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against the wiles at strategies, the methods, the methods of the devil. That's why we put on the whole armor of God. So we can stand against his methods. So we can stand against his strategies. Now, in addition to being a slanderer, in addition to being a liar, he is always also a deceiver. A deceiver. This is the picture that we see of the devil over and over again. Deceiving, deceiving. In Revelation 20, verse 10. Revelation 20, verse 10. The devil that deceived them was cast into the fire, the lake of fire, a brimstone. This is the chief method that the devil used deception. Everyone in hell today, everyone in hell today is saying, I was deceived into thinking that I would just, after death, disappear, that I would cease to exist after I died. I was deceived to thinking that my works were good enough to get me into heaven. I was deceived into thinking that there really is no place called hell. It doesn't exist. I was deceived to think that if there is a hell, that I was going to be there with my friends. And many people in hell today are actually deceived by miracles. They were deceived by miracles. Oh, yes, Satan has miracles. For example, a friend of mine uh, uh, who is involved in the Orthodox Judaism talks about their leader. And he says, they, they this, did these miracles, did these miracles, did these miracles. Talks about such going true, and of course they have to follow him, did the miracles. As a matter of fact, the Bible talks about how those who perish are deceived by miracles, Miracles, it says in Second 2 Thessalonians 2.10, ten. 2 Second Thessalonians 2.10, it says, with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. For this cause, God did send them a strong delusion that they should believe a lie. See, God was wanting to give them a love of the truth. He wants to give them a love for this book, a love for the Bible, a love for the Lord Jesus, who is the truth. God says, I wanna give you that, I wanna give you that. And all the time uh, uh, when he's doing that, then these ones said, no, I don't want it, I don't want it, I don't wanna love the truth. Like a a man said in the Philippines one time when I was there, he said, I'd rather go to hell than believe in Jesus. No, I don't want that, I don't want that. And there comes a time when God says, okay, then I'll send you a terrible judgment and the terrible judgment, is a strong delusion, a deception, a lie, you can believe that. And they do. And the Bible tells how the devil uses this power in miracles, the power of miracles, when it says that in 2 Thessalonians 2.9, him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders, lying wonders. That was the magicians in Egypt. The magicians in Egypt, when Moses came and did the miracles, then the Egyptians followed up, they did the same miracles. They did the same miracles, like, for example, in Exodus 8.7, 8, not all of them, but some. Exodus 8, 7, it says, the magicians did so with their enchantments and they brought up frogs upon the land of Egypt. So the devil has distinct strategies and distinct methods and that means that, that, that we also have to have distinct strategies and distinct methods for overcoming the devil. And the statement here that we've been reading here in Revelation gives us our three strategies. Our first strategy is they overcame the devil by by the blood of the lamb. Strategy number one, they used the blood of the lamb. They used the blood of the lamb. Then it says they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. strategy number two, they used the word of their testimony. And, And then it says they loved not their own lives unto the death. Strategy number three, they did not overrate their lives on earth so that they were willing to die. You know they weren't the, they weren't going around saying better be red than dead. They they'd say they were willing to die. We personally fight the devil from a position of victory, a position of victory. The devil has already been defeated. He's already been defeated. That's why it says in John twelve thirty one. John twelve thirty one. Now is the judgment of the world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. That's what he said. And when the, when the Holy Spirit ca- comes in John 16, 7, John 16, 7, he says, when the Lord says, I'm gonna send him, and he says, when he has come, he's gonna reprove the world of sin and of righteousness of judgment. And then he says in verse 11 of John 16, 11, of judgment, because the prince of this world is judged, is judged, not will be judged, but is judged. So we have to remember that when we talk about the blood of the Lord Jesus the blood of the lamb that we're talking about the life of the Lord Jesus because it says in Deuteronomy 12:23 Deuteronomy 12:23 the blood is the life the blood is the life Leviticus 17:11 Leviticus 17:11 the life of the flesh is in the blood so when we're talking about the blood of the lamb we're talking about the death of the lamb the death of the Lord that's the reason for his death so he can accomplish all these things The verse doesn't say that that they overcame the devil by the blood of Jesus. It doesn't say that they overcame the devil by the blood of Christ. It says it overcame the devil by the blood of the lamb. That special title of the Lord, the lamb. The lamb speaks of him as a sacrifice for sin. The blood was shed, and he presented it to the Father, was presented to the Father on behalf of us, God's people, and this enables God's people to overcome. So the wording is really... They overcame because of the blood. They overcame the devil because of the blood, because of the blood of the lamb. What do you mean? Because of what the blood of the lamb accomplished, accomplished, and those accomplishments are the grounds of the victory. Now, that's how the Lord appears in heaven. When John sees the Lord in heaven, Revelation 5, 6, Revelation 5, 6, he says he sees a lamb as it has been slain. What does that mean? There's blood on his fleece. And he sees that. Now, the blood for us is the basis for our fighting position. They overcame the devil because of the blood of the lamb, because of the blood of the lamb. What does that mean? It means that from 1 John 1, 7, as we've seen, 1 John 1, 7, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. It cleanses us from all sin. Revelation 1, 5 started off with this this theme, Revelation 1.5 says that the Lord Jesus is the one who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, in his own blood. Our sin is what, is what, is, is what is, we are being accused of to God. But if the blood of the lamb cleanses us from all sin, then the devil has nothing to accuse us of. Nothing, there's no room left for him. So we overcome. We overcome the devil. By cleansing us from all sin, the blood of the lamb, it foils his strategy. It totally messes up what he's trying to do, to accuse us. And that's the Lord. In John one twenty nine, John one twenty nine, when John the Baptist saw the Lord for the first time, John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold, the lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. He takes it away. If he takes away the sin of the world, then the devil doesn't have anything to accuse us of. It works like this. The devil accuses us of guilt because of our sin. He argues that we're not worthy to come to God because of our sin. And we don't deny that. We don't deny that we've sinned, but the blood of the lamb takes away our sin. So the devil, in his attempt to accuse us, he's overcome, he's overcome. Now, what does it mean when it says that by the word of this testimony? Does that mean that we overcome the devil when we say, here, I'm gonna give a testimony how I got saved, I got saved this way, this what is happened." No, that's what it means, that's not what it means testimony that's being spoken here is the testimony about the blood because we're speaking about the blood it's about the testimony about the accomplishments of the blood about what we've been studying about in our series behold the blood it'd be good to memorize all those accomplishments of his blood that's why it's so important because this is the way to overcome the devil by the word of our testimony about his accomplishments you know their testimony has no power without the blood they become skilled in pleading the accomplishments of the blood. Everything that we've been covering in the series on Behold the Blood is useful in how to plead and how to fight with the blood by the word of our testimony. That means we fight with the arguments about the blood, about what the blood has accomplished for us. That's been the thrust of this Behold the Blood studies as we've been going through it. For a person to overcome by the blood of the Lamb... By the word of their testimony, it means that the accomplishments of the blood of the Lamb first have to be not unaccepted, but accepted, accepted. It means that the accomplishments of the blood of the Lamb have to be believed, not unbelieved, but believed. It means that the the accomplishments of the blood of the Lamb must not be a secret, but they must be confessed openly openly by the word of our testimony. Because unless the accomplishments of the blood of the Lamb are accepted and believed and confessed openly by the word of our testimony, they will not cause a person to overcome. See, picture a person who who, who buys a sharp, great sword, you know, and and he hangs it on his wall. And all he does is he comes around, he talks, oh, look at my sword, it's so fantastic, look at it, it's real sharp and everything. But he's never used it. He's never used it. The blood of the lamb is like a sharp sword, but it's not meant to be talked about. It's meant to be used. Now, how do you use the blood of the lamb? First, you believe. As I said, first, you believe that the blood made all those accomplishments when the Lord Jesus cried out, it is finished. And please, as I mentioned, never think about that, like, oh, I'm glad that's over. But use the Hebrew word, asah. When he cried out, asah, which means accomplished, trust in the blood for what he accomplished on the cross. When you hear the voice of the accuser inside you, telling you, you are guilty, you are guilty, take the sword off the wall and fight by agreeing that you have sinned, but the blood has removed all your sin. Use the blood like a shield, like a shield against the voice of the accuser. Third, tell others about what the blood has accomplished. Talk, witness about what the blood has accomplished, all the things that we've thought about, and think about how the blood bought you and you're not your own, but you're purchased by a price. So when they were threatened with death, the third strategy, when they were threatened with death, they didn't shrink back and say, oh, no, 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 that's too much. No, all the accomplishments of the blood result in a glorious entrance into heaven. And the proof that they believed that was that they were ready to die. They were ready to die. to go to be with the Lord. They loved not their own lives unto the death, Revelation twelve eleven. Revelation 12, 11. that's the proof, that's the proof. Now, we can add one more accomplishment, one more accomplishment to the blood of the Lord Jesus, overcome, overcome, the ability to overcome, which means we can add this to the list, add this to the list of his great accomplishments, removing our sins, Hebrews 9, 22. removing our sins, Hebrews 9, 22, redeeming our souls, redeeming our souls, 1 Peter 1, 18 through 19, 1st Peter 1:18 through 19 covering our sins or atoning covering them Leviticus 17:11 Leviticus 17:11 bringing us close to God reconciling us with God reconciliation with God Ephesians 2:13 Ephesians 2:13 cleansing our souls like we've been seeing. cleansing our souls 1st John 17. 1st John 1:17 peace with God Colossians 1:20 Colossians 1:20 justification Romans 5 nine, Romans 5: nine, making our robes white, Revelation 7:14, 7, Revelation 714, sanctifying us, setting us apart, sanctifying us, Hebrews 13:12, Hebrews 13, 12. and now overcoming the devil, overcoming the devil. Revelation 12:11, Revelation 12:11. let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the great accomplishments of the blood of your son. Lord, you loved your son, Father, you loved your son. Daily, he was your delight, the best you had, the very best. But Lord, when you saw what a terrible mess we made, you said, I'll give up my best. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you were willing to come and with your blood, make all these marvelous accomplishments for us. Help us, Lord, help us, Lord, to be overcomers by the word of our testimony about the accomplishments. But in Jesus' name.
0: Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box seven one one three three zero, P.O. Box seven one one three three zero, Santee, California, Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051.